from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. You're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for Thursday, February 25th, 2010. I'm Walter Eccles, and I will be your host this week. I'm joined this week by our Orlando team, John Magi, Kevin Close, Corey Martin, Teresa Eccles, Pete Werner is back. He's nodding at me like <laughs> everybody knows I'm here. In the peanut gallery, we have Kathy Whirling and Max the Intern. Yay! Yay. In this week's show, Teresa will update us on her Plan a Trip to Disney challenge, and Pete Werner has a review of Shark's Underwater Grill at SeaWorld. Plus, we'll have this week's news, weather, and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Okay, so welcome to the show, everybody. Does anyone have anything for housekeeping? Housekeeping. I do. I do. Good. I want to welcome um, Tom Bell. I'm too excited to sleep on the boards as the newest member to, to the Disneyland correspondent team. He's Welcome going to be aboard, Tom. helping us out with, um, you know, adding to the blog and I liked maybe his, some uh, show segments. I liked his blog on the uh, construction updates. A lot of people like to see those things. It just stinks that you know a lot of the, uh, uh, the rivers of America are going to be empty when we're there for our Adventures by Disney trip. But from what I'm hearing, there's a possibility World of Color uh, will be running uh, the new World of Color at. Uh, the, the nighttime show at California Adventure while we're there. So oh, that would be, be cool. Nice. The other thing is I was looking at a lot of those rehabs. A lot of them really aren't that big a deal. I realize the Rivers of America and the Mark Twain and uh, whatever that other ship is the called. The Davy Crockett canoes. Come on. Oh, but I just I, – I, 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 like, it's, it's, not, it's not so much that the uh, attractions on the Rivers of America aren't going to be there. It's just that – I've, I, I always found that to be like the, the most scenic place in that park. Right, it is. Yeah. What's that other ship called before people write to me? Oh, the, the, the sailing ship Columbia. Yes. Yeah. Ha! Um, He's so proud of me. I am. I thought of it all by myself. The big one is the Matterhorn. However, there is a two-day window that is going to be open while we're there. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, we have a an Adventures by Disney trip plan with about 40 of our listeners and fans uh, heading out to California to do Disneyland and that takes place April 10th through the 17th 13th through the 18th 13th through the 18th okay I don't know where I get 10th through the 17th that might be your travel dates no I still haven't made my travel dates Uh, fair fair compare uh, Faircast keeps telling me to wait it's going down so it's going to tell you to book after the trip is over pretty much (laughs) it's going to say you should have booked yesterday um, so that's cool. And uh, right after we get back from that trip in California, a uh, matter of a couple of days, uh, Walter and I, along with Max the intern, I did not mention that Max the intern would be joining us on the European cruise, our Magic in the Mediterranean coverage of the 11 night sailing of the Magic when it gets into Barcelona. And uh, that uh, we're working on very, very hard right now, putting a lot of effort into that. It's going to be really, really cool. I hope. The podcast account's going to get flooded with intern requests. Yeah, really. I want to be yeah, an intern. Really. Let me be an intern. <laughs> well, you know, look, Max, is, uh, Max has traveled with us quite a bit, and he's proven himself very adept at carrying all my bags. <laughs> <laughs> and especially awesome. with the camera equipment, when we're doing a lot of running around, 
It is so good to have somebody whose back is not yet compromised. Um, <laughs> like, you know, break him young. Break him young, exactly. What's Max the, the mule. <laughs> mule. He's also very flexible. You just fold him up and put him in an overnight bag. Yeah, exactly. And you can take him anywhere. It's he a lot certainly of fun. doesn't make the, the he makes the weight restriction. <laughs> He's the only one who can probably fit on that upper berth. Stay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. It's a lot of traveling. A lot of traveling. It's going to be fun. Teresa, what do you, how do you feel about that? He's going to the Mediterranean. He's going to Europe. I'm a little, can you say the P word on? No, I can't say can I, say, can I, say, no. <laughs> I guess you just did. <laughs> no, I'm happy for him. Grace, on the other hand, is really ticked off when he came out and announced it to the family. She immediately left the room mumbling and slamming doors. He's like, I need all of you to sit down. Exactly. <laughs> I have an announcement. I'm going to Europe. That's about what he came out with a stunned look on his face. You know, but there's something about Eccles men. You don't get a reaction out of them. I tell no, the kid, you don't. you're going to Europe. You are going to go to Europe. Oh, and he stares at you blankly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay, That's- great. Yeah, that's, that's about the way it was when he came out. That's pretty much the extent. <laughs> you know, there should be thrashing. There should be a body on the floor thrashing about going, oh, my God, I'm going to Europe. Oh, that was Wonderful. Grace. Only, oh, my God, I'm not going to Europe. <laughs> Walter, Walter at least gave me, are you kidding? And I'm like, no, we're, we're going to Europe. Oh. Well, how do you change them? I want to beat it out of him early so he changes and he doesn't put his wife through this. I, I've spent eight years. I've spent eight years trying to. I'm just that enthusiastic. At you times, know, that's all. you know, even with Australia, he was he was muted, and it's like you know, come on. I mean, granted, I mean, look, honest to God, the, the this this European trip is going to be a lot of work. I, yeah. I don't think anybody realizes exactly. I've done this before. These two haven't, um, and with. What we're going to be doing on this is a lot of work, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So, we're also uh, Bex and Gav uh, are going to be on the cruise with us. That'd be a lot of fun. The UK. Put that in the work too. And uh, Yvette and Emil. Put Yvette and Emil apparently don't work. He's bringing yeah. translators. They're going to be for vacation. Well, I need a translator for Yvette. <laughs> Um, if I put her on, I, I've already decided. If I put her on video, we're going to have subtitles. Oh, that would be so funny. That'll be funny. The subtitles, the subtitles are going to be wrong. Yeah. But you, you remember how you used to, uh, when you used to have a, a turntable and you could put it at thirty three, forty five, or seventy eight. You just have to turn it down one notch. Sixteen she and a half. She talks so fast. I miss Yvette. She's going to be here the first week of April. She's well, going to be here. Well, no, she, no, no. She's they're coming to Orlando. They're like here for like seven weeks apparently, and then they're doing the fourteen day transatlantic, and then they're doing the eleven day Mediterranean with us. These people don't work. No, that's because they live in Europe where they have holidays. But then they're coming on the podcast cruise. They're like here for like eighteen weeks in December too. So I don't know. I don't know. We don't get holidays. Oh, that's a long here. December. God bless eighteen them. weeks. God bless them. Yeah, that's, that's what lot. this last one felt like. But, uh, and as as fast as Yvette talks, Emil's very quiet. He is very quiet. I know. He's very reserved. He doesn't get a word. But we love him. We, we love them both. They complement each other. They do. We love Yvette and Emil. Now, um, also, uh, Corey, I think, has another housekeeping about his radio. Oh, well, we didn't announce it last um, on the last show because we were thinking about shutting it down. Well, we actually had an announcement that we were shutting it down, but we are keeping it up. We're just trying to find ways to... Um, offset the costs because the more listeners we get, the more expensive it is. Yeah, and that's and that really is uh, the bottom line is as to why uh, we discussed uh, taking it down in the first place. 
just because it's it's gotten you know it's grown tremendously. I realize a lot of people like it, and um, it's grown tremendously. And with that, because we have to pay royalties on every song. That's, I mean, it's a good problem uh, to play. have. It is a good problem to have. Uh, a lot of people have suggested that you know we charge some kind of subscription. Um, that is not an option, really, with uh, Live 365. Uh, Live 365 does not have a subscription model. That's the company we go through for Diz Radio. For those who don't know what Diz Radio is, Diz Radio is our radio station when we play nothing but Disney music, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no commercials. Oh, Disney. Um, Yet. Yet. I'm not promising anybody it's going to stay commercial free. But uh, I promise whatever we do will be done in good taste, if we go that route. We haven't decided yet. But uh, that's uh, Diz Radio. Google it. Google it. <laughs> Bam. Um, there is one thing I have for housekeeping um, uh, with this week's show. Uh, last week we put up a survey um, that we got 2,700 responses to that survey inside of four hours. Wow. Um, oh, yeah, they were It crazy. was unreal. And uh, that's why we shut it off, because we got our sample. I didn't you know, I didn't want 10,000 responses. I really wanted a, a more statistical sample. So um, we are putting another one up uh, on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, specifically uh, for the show, for listeners of yeah. the show. And uh, we're not asking for any demographics or anything like that. Uh, this is strictly and completely uh, questions about what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, uh, finding out what people uh, would like to see. Uh, in the future, where you listen, exactly stuff like that. So, Who's so, the best host? Oh, I think we should ask that. Well, I, I, I was going to, but I thought you'd all be very, very upset with the response. <laughs> but, no, I uh, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, survey is uh, is shorter than the last one. Uh, it's only about eleven, twelve questions. Going to take you about literally two or three minutes to to do it. So, um, I would just encourage everybody to please go to the show notes page. Uh, we'll post it on the blog. Well, well, we'll post it on the blog as well. Um, and if you just fill out that survey and answer those questions, that would be great. Back to you, Walt. Walt. Thank you, Pete. Any other housekeeping? Housekeeping. Okay, John, what's in the news this week? Um, our first news story is... John, what's in the news? Uh, I, first of all, I apologize for my voice. I'm still getting over a sinus infection, Flemmy. so... If I sound gross, too bad. A Saints game. Flemmy McMajoy. Uh, our first news story is a little. Flemmy. Our first news story is a little gruesome, so if um, you're sensitive or there are sensitive ears, you might want to fast forward to this. Um, There's a recent story that just came up: male orca to become kills experienced SeaWorld trainer during show. So incredibly that was horrible. Awful. On Wednesday, February 24th, experienced whale trainer, 40-year-old Dawn Branchaw, was attacked and killed by 30-year-old male orca Tillicum during the afternoon show at SeaWorld in Orlando, Florida. The 12,000-pound male orca apparently grabbed his trainer and thrashed her to death in front of horrified audiences, including patrons of the popular Dine with Shamu show. This animal has killed two other humans during his lifetime. Um... Well, I one, let me just—I just want to interject here. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to be doing a review uh, on the sh- uh, uh, t- on today's show of uh, uh, Sharks Underwater Grill at SeaWorld, and I was actually debating whether or not I would do that or the Dine with Shamu because we, we did that did as both. well. Yes. 
And I was going through the video. I just edited the video for the Dime with Shamu, and she, I'm now 100% certain she's on the video. Um, and this was only like a week and a half ago. So, and I, I got to tell you, this just breaks my heart. There's it, a great deal of speculation still. We're uh, in Orlando. This is around the news. Pretty much, we just came over in the car, and it's all they talked about on the radio. Yeah. And there's a couple of different schools of thought. You can hear whatever you want. She was pulled into the water by her ponytail. She was grabbed by the waist and shaken. Right. She slipped mm-hmm. and fell into the water. That's actually what the Orlando or the Orange County police have said that she slipped into the water. Well, the uh, but the the animal, the head of uh, animal services, I think at SeaWorld confirmed that no he grabbed her let me just uh, we have a uh, part of the story is that the witness who was at the dying with shamu show eldon skaggs is quoted as saying the trainer was massaging the whale on his belly then the whale took off really fast came around right up to the glass popped up and started thrashing grabbed the trainer by the waist started thrashing and her shoe came off the sirens then went off so this is a first-hand experience of someone wow. at that show. Also, the, uh, they talk about the three people. This is the third person that he's um, killed. There's also some information about one of the people. He, they came in in the morning and found a gentleman had entered the uh, tank illegally after hours, had disrobed. They found his clothes by the side of the tank, and when they came in, they found him dead over the side of the tank. There's actually no... Real proof that the whale. Uh, I have him. a right. lot less sympathy in that situation because this guy had a whale fetish. Yeah, and, this, and he purposely stayed beyond the park closing, doing things before, and hid, and went into the the tank to do something. And, and I'm also, not defending the whale. Right. I'm not. De- I'm just saying that you know, I, I have a hard time with this because this reminds me of the story of the the polar bears in Central Park. Those kids jumped over the wall in oh, Central yeah. Park and were torturing the polar bear, poking it with sticks. And the polar bear killed one of the kids, mm-hmm. and they then euthanized the polar bear. Well, SeaWorld did say definitively that the whale was not going to be put down. And when the uh, the guy from the news asked him why, he said, because uh, these are wild animals and every one of our trainers we all understand what we're dealing with. Yeah, here. it's a risk. It's a risk that they do take. And, you know, she was doing what she loved. I, I can't tell you how upsetting uh, this story is to me. Uh, um, uh, just it's especially having just done the dine with Shamu yeah. not even two weeks ago and uh, seeing how the trainers interact with them. And you can tell, I mean, these trainers mm-hmm. are so passionate about this and, and just it's such a tragedy. It is such a complete but do you tragedy. Think they're going to blame it. On the trainer, just from a business standpoint? No, no I don't think no. so. No, we just heard a gentleman on the radio. I can't re- He wouldn't give his name. He said he was very close to SeaWorld. Oh, I listened to the same radio program. And he just said that this is going to come out, that they're going to say that this was trainer error. She was... Or procedural. Procedural error. She was in the water, they say. Now, I, this is just what I've heard. Right. She was kneeling on the platform where the whale jumps up and greets the public, and she had her back to the whale. But also, this is a whale that no one's ever supposed to be in the water right. when he's in the water. Correct. This is the big killer whale who they bring out to splash the audience and do right. the big show, and no one's supposed to be in the water when he's around. And this is the third human death uh, directly attributed to this particular whale. Right. Right. I think, you know what, at some point, 
out of respect for these people, it's time to now stop using this whale. I guess I get he's the draw. I get he's the big guy who comes out and splashes the audience. But come on, let's move this animal to a safe place, let it live out its life, and just be respectful about it. He was born it. in the wild, right? And they, yes, he was captured he was at captured. two years old yep. from Iceland. So, But no. you can't bring it back to the wild now. No, 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 no I realize no. that. I realize that. But I mean, this is still put him on the whale farm or wherever old whales go to play. (laughs) I'm sorry. You mean take him out to the farm so he can run with the other whales? That's right. You know, you know they've got to have places like that. Well, they took Free Willy back up to Iceland, and that's where he lived out the last of his days. Well, it's I don't know what the what the solution to it is. It's just I think everybody can agree it's a a a tragedy. So no, I didn't think anyone could see what happened. I didn't know that the public... Oh, no, it was like in full view. There was a show going on. Right. I knew there was a show, but I thought she was maybe on the other side, you know, because I thought... At first, I heard that they could not see her. No, no. there were witnesses. Oh, okay. And that makes it even more horrific. This, it's this, this is the same conversation that happened after the tragedy with Siegfried and Roy. Right. That these are not domesticated animals, no matter how much we think they're waving at us or clapping for us or smiling, smiling at us. Exactly. They're performing these feats in order to get treated they're getting some sort of reward right, for right. this behavior and how can it, we expect this animal to suppress its natural instincts right. Right. same thing we're dealing with elephants the other thing right. is you have to you know we think because of we've humanized this animal that it, it knows better this animal doesn't know right. better. exactly no. uh, in a related story Theme parks report half dozen injuries in fourth quarter. Uh, this is according to OrlandoSentinel.com. Orlando's big theme parks reported six notable guest injuries during the final three months of 2009. Four injuries were recorded at Walt Disney World. They included a 27-year-old man who had a seizure on Expedition Everest, a 74-year-old man who fainted and hit his head after riding Star Tours, a 61-year-old woman who had a seizure aboard Dinosaur, and a 59-year-old male who became dizzy and tripped while exiting the Tomorrowland Speedway. Universal Universal Orlando reported two injuries, a 40-year-old man who experienced chest pains riding Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket and a 29-year-old woman who vomited during riding Dueling Dragons. And this is as of the uh, final three months of 2009. SeaWorld Orlando, Busch Gardens, Tampa Bay, and Wet n' Wild did not report any injuries to okay. the state. Vomiting well, we're is talking about, an injury? Well, well, we're talking about vomit. Um, <laughs> were we? We, okay. were in, we were in Universal last week, and uh, we had gone into the Twister store uh, to inquire about buying express passes. And while we were in there, a, a young kid, I, I guess just coming out of Twister, had thrown up on the floor. Now, they had one guy in this store, and nice guy, really, really nice guy, uh, by himself, though. Working by himself, like a dog. And yeah. he had a line of like 20 people at the counter. And he's trying to take care of folks. A manager comes in, sees the protein spill. Uh, says to the guy, "Do you ha- you got that covered?" And he looks at him like, uh, "No, I've got a line of people here." Manager leaves. <gasps> the manager leaves. Um. So I just little thing out there to Universal. You know, you got Harry Potter opening. You might want to start thinking about how this stuff looks 
Okay, because this is the first, best, and last chance you're going to get to win over Disney fans when they come into your park. A lot of people, a lot of Disney fans coming into your park uh, over the summer that have sworn they would never step foot on Universal property. You can't let stuff like that go on. At Disney, I'm sorry, at Disney, for all the complaints I have about them, um, a manager, if a manager saw that, cones would have been up. Right. The bucket would have been out. The manager would have cleaned it up. Um, when the poor guy, because guests kept coming up saying, someone's thrown up on the floor. At least like six or ten people kept coming up. And he's like, I know that. And he has this long line. He's trying to – and he's very polite. Whoever's, you know, whatever he's doing is very nice. But obviously he can't do it. But people keep coming up and telling him. And it was just like, you know, someone else saw it. Someone should have been called there immediately to take care of it. I think what's most remarkable about that is the kid got sick after Twister. I know, of all things. I understand falling asleep after riding Twister. <laughs> oh, stop. You don't I ride actually, Twister. You don't ride like, Twister. You just sit there and watch, and watch really bad okay, stuff. We, we like, I don't think I'm around. Talk, talk. And in our final news story. Wait, before you go on to our final news story, I don't consider any of those accidents. Yeah, throwing up on Dueling Dragons. Well, these are things that have to be... They have, they have to, to be, be reported. Right. I know, but they're not. They, they make it sound no. like it's a theme park's no, fault. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, all of these sound like there were underlying causes right. to begin with. Again, these aren't accident reports; they're injury reports. I, I don't consider them. Yeah, injuries. but even that, even that suggests that someone was injured on a ride. Correct. Right. Having a seizure isn't caused by a ride. There was something there to begin with. Correct. But I also think. No, you're wrong. I also, <laughs> I also think too is look at the rides. You know, I mean, these are things that. You know, our motion-sensitive rides. Right. This stuff is going to happen on. It's not like and it was... And a 74-year-old man got dizzy. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> These I'll... are all things that someone had to be called in. Most likely, right, right, right. That's what I understand what you're saying. The report is it, filled out. The, 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 way, the way it's written, it sounds like the theme park is at fault. Right. Correct. I'm sorry. I deal with 74-year-old people. Getting dizzy is not a theme park's fault. But besides that, how many people went to the parks, and if they only had four... Right. That's so small. Yeah, that really. That's pretty awesome, man. That's why I don't ride the teacups. I don't want to be injured. Exactly. <laughs> I'm with you. Those will make you sick in a minute. They will. And our final story, Walt Disney World Resort joins Clean the World in an innovative program to recycle soap. Walt Disney World Resort hotels are working with Clean the World to recycle all of the partially used amenities from their nearly 28,000 Central Florida hotel Ew, rooms. So you're going to be rubbing yourself down with somebody else's dirty soap? <laughs> Clean the World sanitizes the soap. Of you course what, they do. You know what sticks to that soap, Yeah, when, right? you see a skid mark, when you see a skid mark on your soap. Oh. I think the whole news is just thrown out this week. Yeah. Did you see on the news when the Haiti earthquake happened? They were showing that on the news, the clean the... That's how they part, sanitize. Marks. It's part of my, my news story that I'll never get a chance to finish, but okay. Uh, how they sanitize the soap, but I forget how many cases they sent over to Haiti, but I didn't realize at the time it was Disney. Here, Haitians, here's some used soap. Mm-hmm. All right, I've okay. been really nice to you this because you're sick, but this pity thing, I'm never going to get to finish my news story. So the hotels themselves are reusing the soap? They, or they're, they're sending it. They're so scraping sending the soaps come off of the shower. It has been they... sanitized for your protection. Can I read the rest of the story? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> that was going to be my rapid fire. Was. Well, you better find another one. Really? I did. <laughs> Clean the World sanitizes the soap and shampoo that would be discarded and distributes these amenities to people in need around the world. With the support of Walt Disney World, even more supplies will reach those in desperate need, said Paul Till, co-founder and manager of and managing director of Clean, Clean the World, who's responsible for recruiting new hotels to join the Clean the World Hospitality Recycling Program. 
Um, and then it also goes on to say what Kathy mentioned in that one of the, uh, the biggest things they've done is they've helped out people in Haiti with these recycled products. I think this is great. Yeah. I know it sounds they gross. That, they got that from one you of wanna, the lines. They've you want to help for years. You want to help people in need. There are two things you send them: money and food. Well, apparently the money and the food aren't no, making no. it to Haiti. But the, have you seen the news yeah, reports? No. You need soap. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if you can't get soap on your own, then get well, the also, one of the cruise soap. lines has been doing this for years. I'm sorry, I don't consider soap a necessity. It's not one of the basic Haven't needs. you been in the parks in the summer? I yeah, to say, yeah. <laughs> I, joking aside, joking aside, well, it's not one of the hum- control. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about sanitation. And sanitation. You're talking, and uh, just a few words about uh, Clean the World. It's an Orlando-based charitable organization, and it's committed to the prevention of illness and death caused by acute respiratory infection, and diarrheal disease in countries across the globe. We talked about vomit we and did. diarrhea. <laughs> and I think that'll do it for the news this week because <laughs> it's really gotten out of control. My God. Yeah, a lot of edits in this show. That's because I'm back. It's a lively discussion, though. We like that. I'm going to host next week, by the way. Cool. Yay. There goes the guessing game. And it's good. <laughs> what does that mean? They, every week they try to guess who's going to be the host. Oh. <laughs> Yes. Well, are we gonna just I think vote? they can see the pattern now. Is there going to be a pattern, or are we just going to mix it up every time? There was your hint. I just think, I don't know, whoever wants to do it after Pete could step up. I don't think we should have a pattern, do you? Must follow an order. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It must be structured. It's not you I'm mad at. It's the dirt. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt. The dirt. Clean up. I just thought I'd throw that in there. We don't have much of that when you're not around. Of course not. No. Of course not. That's because no one knows how to work. (laughs) There's a button here that says, Mad at Dirt, Clean Up. Oh, wow. And there's there's also this one. You've amazed Teresa. Squeal like a piggy. And then you've got frogs. They're supposed to be crickets. I like the Bob ones. Bring cutter. And for those of you who have... <laughs> bring off. <laughs> for those of you who have wondered if there's any culture in Central Florida... Oh, that's the whole segment. The whole pig dude segment apparently is on there. It says pig dude. I thought it was just... Uh, shahimi, uh, great tuna. Don't you know nothing? They're all here. I Pierre. miss Bob. Actually, we uh, it was just Bob's birthday this month, beginning of this month. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's, it's hard to believe it's been two years, almost two years now, mm-hmm. since he since he died. It was funny because I've been I've been capturing a lot of video, and uh, I was uh, come I, I came across uh, some video of him, and I, I got to tell you, it just it got me. It got me just seeing him, you know. When you weren't expecting it, you put the tape in and you hit it, and there he is. Because you know, Bob. As frightening as when you walk out of your bedroom and there's his ghost. But um, what would have been uh, funny is you know that he would have been on this cruise with you. Right? Oh, I, I was. I, oh, yeah, I was he saying that to these guys yeah. that this he would have been this Adventures by Disney trip. He would have been out of his mind, and this cruise, whether well, I invited him or not, he would, he would have booked it. Exactly. He would have booked it, flown himself out there. He would have, <laughs> there is no way he would not have been, oh, please, he would have been out of his mind. Well, I think about that stuff all the time with the podcast crews, with all of it. Um, he would just be, uh, would have just been beside himself. 
So now that we've depressed the entire table. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Buzzkill Pete. I mean, uh, thanks, John, for <laughs> the news. We're going to move on to Buzzkill Pete for the weather. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, Julie usually does the weather, and she's not here. She's not here, so. Well, it's okay. Hold on. No, she's not having the baby right How'd now. How'd her doctor's Pete. appointment go? I think she went. She's going every week now. Yeah. Pete can be Julie for the day. The baby is 36 pounds. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think she looks bigger than she did with Ferris. Oh, I know she's. Yeah. Than she was oh, yeah. Ferris. Just different, you know. She feels Not better. all over. I mean, just in front. All right. Well, for those of you getting away from the cold when you come to Florida next week. From your uh, snow hurricane. Yeah, from your snow hurricane. <laughs> uh, it will be, uh, expect temperatures to be pretty much in the uh, low to mid-60s. Actually, we have a couple of days, uh, Monday and Tuesday of next week. It'll be getting close to 70, uh, but going down into the 40s, mid to low 40s at night. So it is going to be cold. Uh, we start getting back to a little bit more normal temperatures next weekend, next Friday and Saturday right now. They're talking about low 70s uh, during the day. Uh, we're looking at uh, uh, some scattered thunder showers uh, this coming Saturday, the 27th. And on Tuesday, March 2nd, other than that, right now it looks sunny. But, uh, you know, the weather, it changes like like crazy. Yeah. Did you guys get that rain yesterday? Oh, my Lord. Oh, we had I was, oh, yeah. gigantic drops. It was. Well, that's why everything was unplugged when, when you guys got here, because we got uh, some nasty, I got some nasty thunderstorms. I was surprised thunderstorms in the winter. I wasn't expecting it's, that. It's ridiculous. We don't have a dry season this year. You know, usually we can count on, you know, our... Crazy, insane, humid, hot weather uh, during the summer, but then we get you know we get a break in the winter where it's sunny and <laughs> dry. Dry. temperate and dry. I was talking to Will the other day. He's like, "Man, I'm wearing a coat. I have my gloves on, and I'm inside." He <laughs> <laughs> oh said, "I'm walking around in flip flops and shorts." He's like, "Shut up." <laughs> it's been weird all over the place though this winter. It is. It's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Poor Dave Parfit. Oh, I know. Yeah. It was heartless. Snow hurricane. Also, uh, <laughs> Tracy and Chris Heinrichs are supposed to fly out either today or tomorrow. They're coming down for a short vacation this weekend, and they're not sure they're going to get out. I believe they're going on a cruise out of Cornaveral. Canaveral. Cornaveral. Cornaveral. Yes, Port Cornaveral. Years <laughs> <laughs> to you. I'm trying to hold that in. I'm sorry. <laughs> Teresa's just glad we're not making fun of her. <laughs> She's just happy. <laughs> so get him. It's get him. not me. It's not me. <laughs> oh, good times. <laughs> it's Port Cornet. <laughs> right. Yeehaw. You're really. Thanks, Pete. Back uh, to you, Walter. Back to you, Walt. Thank you, Pete. <clears throat> Up next is our round, round table rapid fire. Who wants to go first? I will. Since hmm. Julie's not here, you do it. Oh, that chair here. must make you do that. I, I got a really cool one. We'll be the judge of you. <laughs> really? You ready? March 6th and March 7th, the Festival of Chocolate is coming to Orlando. Ooh. Was that cool? At Central, let's see, Central Florida's premier chocolate tasting and shopping event, the Orlando Science Center. I have no idea where that's at. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I had no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> 
somehow we are not surprised. <laughs> Color me surprised. Max and I were driving down the road the other day. We had had lunch at Payway, which you it was really good. But anyway, and this was on the side of a car. And I thought, oh, let's go home and Google that and see what's going on. So Immediately. Anyway. I'm surprised you didn't pull the car over and take out your iPhone. <laughs> you got your rapid fire from a moving car? I did. It's so cool. It is rapid. But interest. Okay, it's um, March 6th and March 7th. It's $17 for adults and 12 for kids 11 Heaven to 3. <laughs> she actually looked surprised when she read it that we had a science center. <laughs> <laughs> Stella, Stella has been there, so she knew all about it. But anyway. So follow her. I will. Because um, I am going. They they have this uh, pastry chef and the Swan Dolphin will be there, wow, nice. and Universal Orlando's executive pastry chef will also be there. Oh, that's right. The Swan Dolphin's pastry chef is like some big yeah. like, chocolate Laurent, dude. Ron Lard, yeah, yeah. He's like really big in chocolate. Well, they've got demonstrations, competitions, classes. You can um, enroll or enter something that you make out of chocolate, whether it be brownies, cake, whatever. And these all these different host judges, and one of the Orlando Magic is a judge too. I'm not sure why he's in there, but anyway. Cool. Probably looking for more money. They've got vendors. You can, you know, tasting events. I'm excited about it. Festival chocolate of fest. chocolate. Isn't that cool? It is. So she's going to put on her festival hat and <laughs> get her festival bag, and off she goes. Off to eat chocolate. Test. I'm done. I'm good, good times. Good times. <laughs> okay. Next. Oh, I don't have one, so keep moving. Are we going this way around the table? Minus one. Um, why not? Uh, well, where's yours, Walter? Where's your rapid fire? <laughs> I didn't know I had to have one. I thought I just told y'all to do something. I'm the one. I was host, Walter. I had a rapid fire. <laughs> really? I think I can scare one up. Kevin. I was prepared. I'm just the boss this week. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> My rapid fire is uh, Pete mentioned our Adventures by Disney trip uh, coming up in April. Um, we had a private recycle. Recycle. We had a very uh, we had a private chat the other night where we made a an announcement to our group, and I'm doing this for everyone else to make them jealous. We have something very special planned for our adventures by Disney. We are going to all have breakfast in Club Thirty Three mm, during nice. our adventure. So we're very excited about that. We pulled some strings. We did some massaging of some stuff and. Everyone seems to be very excited about that. Yeah, he's back to massaging Disney executives to get things. I didn't. There's a word for that. I didn't pull, tickle, or massage anybody. I got to do what I got to do. Um, so for you folks who can't go on the trip with us, um, neener, neener. Nearly exactly. I'm sure there's going to be Facebook updates. We'll be posting and Facebook updates just to torture you. And there'll be blogs about because it. Because not only are we having breakfast at Club 33. It's exclusive. We have the place to ourselves. Nobody else is there. Private. We have the place to ourselves for two hours. Okay, tell us people that don't know what Club 33 is, what it is. It's in the Orlando Science Center. (laughs) (laughs) I realize it's really late, whatever, but what what makes it special? Club 33 was a a private club that Walt Disney created when he built Disneyland to entertain his VIPs. And uh, it has, uh, now in order to get in there you either have to be a member or uh, know a member and members are the the membership is very limited i believe there's a 10-year wait to be a member and even when you are a member it's very expensive uh, from what i remember i don't know what the exact amount was but uh, there's a thread on the boards where someone laid out what the whole membership is it was designed by walt disney the sad part is he never got to see it where is it Within the park or where? It's upstairs. Are you sure about that? It opened in 1966, six oh. months after he died. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's I, above, I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought he was... 
it's in New Orleans Square, and it's technically above where the Blue Bayou restaurant is. It's in that general building, but okay. it's it has a separate entrance of kind of a nondescript entrance. And um, it's one of those things where the real true Disney fans become sort of a mecca. Can you get into Club 33? I want to see it. Very few people see it. Yeah. You're not allowed inside. And when they I'm you, not? No one no. is. You oh. in particular. Oh. <laughs> Especially you. There's a picture up front. Don't uh, there's, a, uh, there's only a door. It's marked with the, the number 33. And there's a buzzer. And if you don't have a reservation, the door doesn't open. People are not allowed inside. And when the door does open, people wait outside trying to just get a glimpse inside of the lobby. If you take the walk in Walt's footsteps, we got to walk inside the door. However, the door is the lower level, right. and that's just the reception area. Right, we got to like look up the steps. Right, then you either ride the elevator or you go up the steps. Is this back with that? It's like a little narrow corridor that goes yes. in that little corner. Mm-hmm. Area? Okay. And what this was was this was a uh, place that Walt wanted in the park. He um, sort of themed it after his World's Fair uh, pavilions, where there was. Uh, there was a uh, VIP room in all of the World's Fair pavilions, and he wanted his own sort of VIP room. Walt actually des- had a hand in designing this. It was based on the pavilions at the World's Fair that he had a hand in, and they had VIP rooms. So he wanted the Club 33 to have its own he wanted Disneyland to have its own VIP area where he could entertain guests and things like that. Even went so far as he wanted to be able to listen in on their uh, conversations. conversations, and there were microphones in the chandeliers. I'd heard that, yeah. So that they're they're okay. not. He wanted um, to hear what people were saying about Club Thirty Three and, and Disneyland when he left the room, so he would he would eavesdrop on them. Or oh, that was Lord. his plan. So are we going to get to hear your conversations? No. Kathy, I'm an open book. What do you want to know? (laughs) So that's my rapid fire. We're very excited about that. We hope everybody has a good time. We know we will. Uh, My rapid fire is I would like everybody to just, I want to remind everybody that there is a thread on the Diz Unplugged board. That's a book club. And there's pretty much usually a lively discussion going on. And people are discussing the books that they're reading. I just finished a book called The Help. By Catherine Stockton, and I would recommend it to anybody. I'm in the Abs- middle of that. It's pretty I, good. I, I I just thought it was very, very, very well done. It's about um, relationships between Afro-American women and the women they work for in Mississippi in the early 1960s. Fascinating sort of, book. Sort of pre-civil rights. Right. Mm-hmm. At the advent of the civil rights. I actually do have a, a rapid fire. Wow. And by all means, Pete. Oh, well, thank you. Um, the, Were you uh, looking for him to say no? No. Not per se, not per se. Uh, as was uh, has been discussed on the boards and on the blog, uh, it looks like uh, at least we know that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter uh, will be open at the, at the earliest or at the latest, uh, May 28th, because Universal has started selling packages right. uh, for this. Uh, these are four night, uh, five day, four night packages, and uh, they are good from May twenty eighth through December thirty first. You need to book them by the end of April. Uh, Off site hotels, uh, the packages are going for two hundred eighty five dollars per adult, starting at two hundred eighty five dollars per adult, one hundred and thirty dollars per child, or eight hundred and twenty nine dollars 
for a family of four uh, on site at the Universal Hotels. Adults six forty five per person. Children one thirty per person. A family of four for fifteen forty eight. Uh, you will get early admission into Islands of Adventure, uh, specifically into the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. You will get uh, to enjoy a breakfast at the Three Broomsticks Restaurant and will receive a souvenir grand opening ticket, which they go out of their way to mention is not good for admission. Uh, you also, uh, also your, your, your park passes are included in that package. And a uh, three-day base ticket to the theme parks, one park per day, and a city walk party pass. And, of course, you can get those through Dreams Unlimited Travel, which John and I are part owners in. And uh, I insist that you all book this package, and you book it now. But uh, it's actually we're, we're, we're actually moving a lot of these packages. People yeah. are interested. I'm telling you, if you're interested in doing this, I would do it soon. Uh, these hotels are filling up. This package uh, basically guarantees that there will not be a delay with the opening of Harry Potter past May 28th. Well, I'm telling you now, um, uh, powwow, with the, which is uh, the international travel powwow, which goes on every year in a different city, uh, is happening, I think it's May 15th through the 18th in Tampa. Um, there is no way, I've been saying this for a year, there is no way that Harry Potter will not be open in time for powwow. So what I'm thinking is that there will be a soft opening sometime in May. Uh, if you definitely want to check it out, May 28th is certainly, will, it will certainly be available. Otherwise, Universal is going to have a lot of pissed off people. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, you know, the prices are, uh, if the prices on site are uh, too steep for you, really take a look at the Doubletree uh, Universal, at the entrance to Universal. Uh, we have an, uh, a, a good relationship with them. Uh, we've inspected that hotel. And I got to tell you, it really is a great hotel. The staff is wonderful. The rooms are huge and really well appointed. It's a nice Doubletree property, and it's really reasonable. And they're going to be about half, generally speaking. These packages are about half what they uh, what you're paying to be on site at Universal. So um, the only thing you don't get with the partner hotels is you don't get the front of the line. But I'll guarantee you that when Harry Potter opens, none of those rides are going to be on the Express. There's not going to be Express lines for any of those rides. But uh, so that's my rapid fire. Back to you, Walt. Thank you. I'll go. The um, I want to remind everybody about a page we have on our Disney Cruise Line area of the site where we post stateroom navigators. Currently, we only have um, the three and four night navigators for 2010. So, if you've been on a seven night cruise, eastern or western, you can send those to me. We'll post them, uh, give you full credit for them. Send send it to me in a PDF format. Corey at www.info.com. This is a great resource for people to plan their trips, plan their cruises. You can go and get an idea of what's a uh, what's happening every day on your cruise. Cool. Good deal. I was getting ready to say, Teresa, what do you have? I'm just, you <laughs> know, old habits die yeah. hard. I have one, if you want to hear it. Go ahead, Kathy. <laughs> no, moving right along. <laughs> Try us out. Kathy's become passive aggressive. <laughs> um, anyway, this is from the Disney blog today. This goes along with the ESPN Wide World of Sports Reopening. They're going to have a custom tea center by Champion where you can or- customize your own sports event T-shirt. When competing at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex, you can take your event tea to the custom tea center by Champion 
and choose from more than 50 designs that can be added to it in order to celebrate your accomplishment, like first place, champions, team captain, team mom, and many more. The custom designs can be added almost anywhere on your sports event tee. The custom designs come in a variety of sizes and range from $1.95 to $4.95, and your customized sports event tee will be complete in less than 15 minutes. Look for the custom tea center by Champion inside the Jostin Center across from the entrance to the wide world of sports grill. So if you want to get a commemorative shirt while you're participating in an event, now you can do it. It's where all the losing teams go to get a first place t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> okay. And to not seem remiss, Kevin, I found a uh, rapid fire. <laughs> The Breathless 2, commissioned to Disney's Yacht Club in 2007, will be going out of service for two months due to unscheduled refurbishment. The b- boat will be pulled out of the water beginning March 18th for maintenance, repair, and other necessary updates. The Breathless 2 is used for 30-minute day cruises on Crescent Lake, as well as evening specialty cruises to see Epcot's illumination, Reflections of Earth. However, due to its refurbishment, all day and evening cruises on the Breath- Breathless 2 have been canceled. For guests who already have booked an evening specialty cruise, there's an option. You can still go see the fireworks on a cruise, but you'll be going on a pontoon boat instead. Apparently, the boat ran into something. That was uh, why they're refurbishing it now. Okay, I was wondering about that. But they're refurbishing it in like two weeks. I mean, if it's hit something and it's dangerous, shouldn't they do it now? It's already not operating. Oh, it's already gone? Okay, because yeah. this is the 18th, but it's already yeah. happened. It hit an iceberg. <laughs> really? I think it hit a bridge Sinking. post or something like that. Oh, okay. Okay, thanks, everyone. We'll move to our first segment this week. Teresa was challenged to plan a Disney vacation for her family for $2,500 or less, and she has an update for us. She hates me. I want to go over some of the terms first here before we get started, John. <laughs> what are me for? This I've is been, Pete's well, challenge. Well, I'm Pete's here. I've been pondering this. Um... We kind of slowed down on our planning, trying to see if anything was going to come out, any free dining or anything. So we've kind of moved on to other things. But I have a few questions. You said this $2,500 is a average trip that people book through Dreams, correct? How, how would, is that what we're – yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so I just wanted to go over the terms again. $2,500 is an average for a family of five. Correct? That gets booked through Dreams. Averaging out, that's room, tickets, and dining is what I'm supposed to get with that, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about an average. you got to remember that means some people spend five or $6,000 and some people spend you know, $1,000 depending on what they're able to do. Okay. But what you're seeing there is not – you're seeing what they're spending and what they're – on those three things, correct? Because we had a discussion last week or whenever it was we discussed this last – that I had to include things I brought from home. People don't include that on their trip. My food, that I, and yes, people do load up their coolers from East Bumble with their leftover milk and their bananas, and they bring it on their trip. Mm-hmm. I know they do. They do. Mm-hmm. Especially if you got kids. Okay, so how much do you think you're going to save by packing a cooler from home? I don't know, but I'm just saying, if I load up on snacks that I already have in my pantry and all of that, then that is going to save me on snack money I'm spending in the park. So you were saying that I have to include that in my $2,500. I think the idea is that people have a budget. And whether you buy that in the park or you buy that at home, you had to buy it. 
No, not necessarily. You're finding snacks along the road? No, but listen, people, are, people. if you have a budget, say I have saved this money myself, this $2,500 for this trip, okay? The money that I am spending on the incidental little snacks that I'm bringing from home is not in that budget. Kathy, are you with me on this? Yeah, I understand. I mean, that's what I used to do when yeah. I came. I get those little things that you could do in the room that I brought from home. Right. The granola bar is in my big pink bag. It's mm-hmm. going to the park. That's not in my $2,500. Well, as John said, how much do you think this is going to take away from it? 80 bucks? I, I don't know, but 80 bucks is 80 bucks, right? No. It is. <laughs> I mean, All right. All right. I just wanted to stop for an <laughs> All right. I, I give in. You can bring snacks from home. You can't drive back to your house every day and get more snacks and bring no, it back. No, no, I'm not saying <laughs> Let's draw the line somewhere. Let's go to my public. But I'm just saying that's that's people don't include that in their their trip planning, and that's not included in what you're seeing either. You know, but that also okay. could be another way to help defray the cost of your vacation. Maybe you Correct. can't come unless you bring some snacks. Stuff really? Is this your entire segment whining about it? No. <laughs> Have you been listening segment. to the past episodes where we talk about it? Yeah. This is what it is. She's like defining the terms narrower and narrower. Okay. Well, anyway, so this week the family and I talk. All you have to spend the $2,500 on is glitter. Okay, good. Um, so we sat down this week individually. I couldn't get everybody together at one time in my family. And we decided to talk about dining and what we wanted, where someplace special we wanted to dine while we were there. Everyone was allowed, well, not me, but because I decide everything else, but everyone was allowed to pick one restaurant in the area, Disney, on Disney, downtown Disney, whatever, where they wanted to eat within reason. Because the first thing Kelvin said was Sheila's. I said, no, ain't going to happen. <laughs> please. <laughs> so, yeah, I said, please. So, what we picked, um, I thought it was kind of interesting. Stella picked 50s primetime. That was fun. Because mm-hmm. she thought it's a fun place. She likes it. Grace went for someplace we'd never been, which is Beaches and Cream, which is still fairly, you know, interesting. I thought it looked fun. Max did House of Blues. I knew that was coming. And Kelvin was going for um, Trails Inn. Oh, good choice. See, a lot of these places are really expensive, too. They are. But, okay, so we talked about different restaurants we want to dine at. And I know um, most of my planning... And my talking with Dan leads me back to um, Port Orleans Riverside, which is going to accommodate my family of five for a reasonable price, especially if free dining comes in. Um, even if it doesn't, with the Florida discount rate, I think I can stay there and still have enough money left for dining. If I buy, um, take off money off the top for the one Florida or annual pass, that still should leave me enough at some point for dining and passes for the rest of the family. Now, have you looked at the family suites at All Stars? Because those will accommodate five. We've looked at those rooms. They're Stayed really there, yeah. nice rooms. Really? And, I mean, that that's an option for you as well. Have you looked at the All Stars? I have. I know when... Um, when you go onto the Disney website, which is a nightmare. I know y'all have been talking about that, but I've never actually been on there to try to see what they have. You know, they ask you all these different questions, different criteria, and it always brings me up to All Stars or Riverside. And I've I've never actually been over to All Stars. I mean, are the Kathy are the rooms comparable to? I mean, it sleeps five. Right? I think yeah. the I think the family. I'm sorry, Kathy. I think the family suite at the All Stars is bigger than the standard room at 
They Riverside mm-hmm. that will sleep five. Really? Because so they've taken go, two rooms and made it the suite. You're also going to have two bathrooms there. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And two TVs. And like, but it's all in one room. No, no we've got a separate like, room for like you and Kelvin would be in that room. And then the other room, which is like the living room, has the fold-out sofa. The chair folds out into a bed. It's actually quite comfy. Okay. And you've got the little kitchen in there, too. Okay. Well, several people um, have sent me links to free dining that they have received. But it ends in June, like the first week of June or something, I think, which I'm not ready to travel yet in June. I want to still try to keep it for second or third week in August or the last week in October. That's what I'm shooting for now. Have you had Dan Price out? I would have Dan Price out the family suite at the All-Star Resorts with this uh, current promotion that's going on now. The the, gift card one? No, the other one. Winter, spring, summer. Right, whatever they're calling it now. I think it's still, right now, as last we spoke, everything's still over $2,500. So we're just kind of, last couple days, we're just kind of sitting on it, trying to figure out, you know. But I think my whole family, if I do not get dining, my whole family can eat for two fifty a day. Well, the other thing too is uh, going back to these all star. And I'm not trying to push these on you, mm-hmm. but they also have a mini fridge mm-hmm. in the room and a microwave. And a microwave. So again, if you you know go to the store and you're able to get something for breakfast for everybody and offset your cost that way, that's a viable way of doing it. I've been to Disney a lot, and I've never been here on a dining plan ever. However, we always had breakfast in the room. Yeah, we, was, every time we go on a trip, we always do. None of us were early risers. I mean, so yeah. I, I, that's something, that to me would be a big savings. And we're not big breakfast people. We're not one to sit down and all, you know. So that would be a waste to me. But I don't know. The dining plan just seems restricting to me. I, I agree 100%. I've never I just, been a big fan you know, of the dining I think plan. the way I'm looking at it, <clears throat> the first day of your trip, you're going to get there. Breakfast you're going to eat at home before you leave the house, right? That's your first day. You get there, you have a, a nice meal mid-afternoon, something casual. And then you could have three or four good – Pete, you don't think I could do that? I, I, I'm just saying that I think that when the dining plan is understood and it is uh, executed a certain way, it can save you money. Uh, we hear that back from a lot of people. And there are options with the dining plan. Uh, maybe you know. Maybe it's not going to be uh, a lot of table service restaurants. Maybe it's a lot of food courts and counter service. One of the things, but that's it. But the, you know, this is uh, that's the whole point behind this was that this is a reality right now for people who want to come to Disney. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about the the uh, the airfare. Right. Um, you know, you're just worried about the land portion of this, not how you're actually getting there. Um, so you think about families, and that was again that was the whole point behind this. Uh, these families that uh, have to consider four or five thousand uh, dollars, you know, twenty five hundred plus air, and, and you right. know, then you, then you start adding air and transportation into it. So you know, though that's it, it's not designed to give you an ideal vacation. It's an it's right. designed to give people an idea of how they can go about. Stretching twenty five hundred dollars to have a vacation at Disney World, and it can be done. You I don't doubt find, that. There's also a counter service dining plan, 
Right. You talked you about might. this last time, the quick yeah. service plan. Yeah, that's if if anything, I believe that's the way it'll it'll be. I mean, you might go with that and then decide that if you want to go to Max's House of Blues, that you pay out of pocket for that. Right. You might find that that works better for you. That's that's actually what I think people are trying to hear. Is this dining plan going to work for me? Which of these two will work for me? Is it going to be better if I make all my reservations through the dining plan? Or should I go with the quick service dining plan and then eat at the restaurants I want to eat at? We've also talked about the fact with saving money that lunches are less expensive than dinners. So if you want to eat someplace that maybe you go and make the last reservation before it switches to dinner. Right. So you have dinner, your lunch dinner at... Four o'clock in the afternoon, three thirty, and then you have a lighter snack dinner later on. Right. So I think people do that. The other that, thing- that's the way we normally live when we're on a trip, anyway, because we don't. My family, in particular, we don't sit down to three meals every day on a trip. And the family suite also has a limited room service menu with like pizza and wings and nice salads and things. And the pizza was pretty big. That I mean. If you were into something like that, you could do that in the yeah. room, too. That We also tell people that if you, you um, consider a buffet, if you are going to do a uh, pay-out-of-pocket, consider a buffet where everybody can fill up right. at you know an off-shoulder or a shoulder time when it will be less crowded and less expensive. And that's a way to stretch your food allotment for the day and get the most out of what you're spending. Yeah, and you have to take into consideration with that, though, the family members – um, Kelvin, Max, and I would a buffet would benefit us greatly, but the girls don't eat enough to pay for it. I mean, it, so. well, again, too, you know, being realistic about things as well, um, you're not all going to go to every meal, every place together all the time. So there is the option of, hey, listen, we're going to be in the Magic Kingdom. Somebody wants burgers. Somebody wants chicken wings. You're going to be in different places. Right. You're going to make this up for your family. Right. So it's not like, oh, we all have to go to the buffet and hit the buffet. Stella and Grace might not have any interest in the buffet. So what do I do with them while the rest of us are at the buffet? Now, I I disagree with that because my the age of my family, Okay, we, we will all stay together. The only difference would be Max would go off and say, I'm going to use my points or whatever. I'm going over okay. here because I don't like that. That's but fair. the girls will be sticking with me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know. Okay. I, I agree with that. I want to touch on something real quick, too. You would ask me as a side note, uh, what about renting points? Could you rent DVC points for yeah. this? And that's something a lot of people do as well. However, you're not going to make it any better on the room. See, I, yeah, when I checked into that, and it was right. kind of reading on the boards about that. I didn't see that there was right because you, if you, even if you look at what the the least expensive point wise room is a studio, right? That still only sleeps four people, so you're going to have to get two of those. You're looking at about fifteen points a night. In the summer, ten dollars a point. It's one hundred fifty bucks a night for a room. Yeah. So while they're great rooms, and it's a lot less than what you would pay Disney directly to rent that room from Disney, it's still it's still out of what you're looking at yeah. for a while. Did you guys look at um, cabins at Fort Wilderness? Um, I did. I didn't have uh, those are pricey. They uh, are pricey. Yeah, those are three hundred plus dollars a night. So. But there are some good deals for Florida residents. As I say, Florida residents, and then yeah. this 45% off, I think yeah. that would fall under the... Oh, yeah. That's it is, thought. yeah. And that sleeps fine, easily. And again, you've got a kitchen in there, and you've got yeah. other options as far as that goes, and entertainment beyond the park. 
by being right. in, in the campground. Right. And we've talked about that special fried chicken dinner that people like so much. A you Trails End Buffet. Mm-hmm. It's out of this really world. Good. That's oh, not even it. what this is. This is at, you actually go to the um, pickup you pick up, the pick up window, and it's a full fried chicken dinner right. that you take out. Right. But it was 20 bucks, and I think that serves five people. Yeah. I love Trails End. Trails End's mm-hmm. excellent. Yeah. We, ate, we ate virtually every meal there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, that saves a fortune. You're talking about a breakfast that was, what, $15, $16 buffet? It was recently, and it's a very good breakfast. Yeah, the, the buffet prices there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner were excellent. Yeah. If I were you at this but point. But times that times five, you know, that couldn't be done every day for, for my particular family. No. If I were you at this point, I would ask Dan, get your price for Family Suite at the All-Stars and get your price for uh, Fort Wilderness Cabin. And see how those work out, both with and without any kind of dining plan attached to them. Let me under ask this, you this. Under, I know people are getting these codes for free dining that they're getting, I guess, because they've been there before and Disney's trying to get them back. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's just through June. You think that's going to carry on? Well, this is the $64,000 question right. every year. Is it going to be free dining this year? Right. Um, my guess is yes. Right. Um, I, I'm guessing that... Uh, we normally see those come out April, May time frame, mm-hmm. uh, and they're usually for the end of August into September. Uh, the The window for them has gotten smaller and smaller every year, but uh, yeah, it is. It you know, I, I'm I'm I would say you've got a ninety percent chance that they will be free dining at some point uh, August into September, especially since this. Current promotion was extended to August fourteenth. Yeah, and that's kind of a magic date. That's about when free dining would start. So when everybody goes back to school, yep. trying mm-hmm. to get yeah. So yep. you figure they can't fill the summer months as it is. Now the time when it becomes slower, they're going to put something out there. And the fact that people are getting these pin codes for free dining is an indication that it's probably going to continue this year. However, again, this is, like Pete said, the $64,000 question. Do you plan in the anticipation that free dining is going to come out? And then what happens if you do if it doesn't happen? Yeah, really. So it's, I mean, there's a lot to think about, a lot of different angles to approach it from. But it'll be done. I'm excited. The whole family's excited about it. They want it to be planned and on the calendar and... I've got this calendar up, and I scratch out dates and move it to other dates, and so it'll get done. It'll be fun. Okay, thanks, Teresa. In our next segment, Pete and I, along with his niece and nephew, had a chance to dine at Shark's Underwater Grill at SeaWorld last week, and here's his review. Uh, yeah, this was a very, very interesting, a very interesting uh, dinner. Um, I want to preface this by saying that SeaWorld is among my favorite places to go uh, in any theme park on either coast. I love SeaWorld, always mm-hmm. have. I've been an annual pass member, a holder to SeaWorld since since I arrived in Orlando 11 years ago. Um, and when my niece and nephew were in town a few weeks ago, they had uh, – my, my niece Melanie is, is always wants to go to SeaWorld. And the last couple times she was down, we didn't get to go. So we made a point. We were going to definitely spend a couple of days at SeaWorld. So the first day we were in SeaWorld, I decided, you know, let's, we want to have a sit-down meal, have a nice meal. I hadn't seen them in a year, um, and uh, this was the first day, the first full day they were here. And uh, the only sit-down restaurant, table service restaurant at SeaWorld is Sharks Underwater Grill. Now, this is located in the Sharks Pavilion, and uh, one of the big selling points uh, for this 
for this restaurant is that it's got these huge bay windows that look in on the aquarium that makes up the shark exhibit. So you see the sharks swimming around while you're having dinner. Um, I am now convinced that the sole purpose of those windows is to try at any cost to distract you from the swill and garbage mm. they are about to serve you. Sounds like the coral reef. Um, well, actually, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that I have now found the worst theme park restaurant on either coast. Wow. I have never in all the years, and I have been doing this, people, for 20 years now, 13 years as a professional. In my life, I have never been served such an awful meal I wonder uh, you were going to inside tell us how good it was. A theme yeah, park. I did too. He's um, so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. When we arrived, we were seated immediately. It was toward the end of the day, and we were greeted immediately by our server, um, who asked us for our order, not our drink order, mm. our food order. This guy made it clear from the minute we sat down, he had someplace more important to be. Now, I want to be I, I want to be fair and say that he was not rude per se. But it was clear he was in a rush. He wanted to get this table in and out as quickly as possible. Was the restaurant going to close? No. No. And it wasn't busy. It wasn't busy. I mean, the restaurant wasn't even half full so when we went in there. I mean, we was, we walked right in. I mean, there was no problem getting a table. Um, and I think the park was open until 7. We probably got there about 4.30. Um, so oh. I, you know, this no, was, was not, no rush. No, hmm. no, there was no, there was no time constraint. I would have taken that into account, but even still, I don't even care. Still. I don't care if I get seated at six thirty and you close at seven. I'm going to have my meal. Um, and if you're still seating people, then I have the right to have an experience. So I told him that we were nowhere near ready to order, and he took our drink orders, which arrived very quickly. Are you ready to order yet? And yes. I think he knew that I was getting annoyed. And he goes, I can come back. And I'm like, yeah, okay, come back. Because I was getting ready to say something. I'm like, okay, already you're off to, you're off to a bad start with me. Um, now, as I've mentioned, as we've mentioned on the show multiple times in the past, one of the, one of the tactics that has been used, and Disney has done, is doing it a lot less now than they did in the past. One of the tactics that you'll find, especially in theme park restaurants, is they want to turn those tables over quickly. They want to get you in and out because the more they can turn those tables over, the more money they can make, which I understand. But when you're charging the kind of prices that we're going to discuss in a few minutes, there's an expectation that you're going to have an experience, not a meal, Um, especially when you've got the big shark windows and all that other stuff. So let's talk about about the menu for a second. Um, This is pretty standard fare. Uh, beef, chicken, seafood, and pasta. Uh, nothing really uh, that I would consider uh, really exotic. Oh. Um, we were a party of four adults. Um, I, I, I would say that our our tastes in food are pretty much middle of the road. We're not, uh, you know, not particularly picky, but not you know not neophytes either. Um, we ordered. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, you had the chicken pasta Alfredo. Yes. Uh, which is a seasoned grilled chicken breast, sun-dried tomatoes, mushrooms, onions, peas, penne pasta tossed with an Alfredo sauce topped with fresh grated Parmesan cheese. Wow, sounds, sounds, good. sounds good. Sounds delicious. $24. Ooh. I ordered... That's a lot for pasta. Yeah. Yeah. I ordered a filet mignon, a half-pound filet. Uh, Did I just turn uh-oh? <laughs> grilled, topped with a jerk seasoned demi-glaze, 
and a melted Gouda cheese served mm. with a fried garlic yucca cake and fresh vegetables, $29. Sounds good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two members, my, my niece and nephew, ordered the salmon filet. This is an eight-ounce filet with mashed potatoes, fresh vegetables, and an ando chili sauce, $25. Sounds good, too. Um, mm-hmm. I also ordered a uh, what they call the shark's romaine salad. It is a crisp romaine lettuce, cherry, uh, plain cherry tomatoes, gorgonzola cheese crumbles, onions, chopped bacon, and chopped egg with a signature raspberry ranch dressing. I'm getting hungry. This really? was six. And this was six dollars, which I thought was very reasonable. Yeah. Um, and I wanted that. I didn't want that as an appetizer. I just wanted that with my meal. I will start with a salad. It was very good. It was very good. The only problem I had was the plate that they served it on. Well, they, they served it as, as, as a wedge. So you had the lettuce, and then you had all the components separately, hmm. all done. on the plate, which is done. Yeah. But you, the plate was too small to mix these things without it getting all over the place. But it was a you know, minor complaint. Everything was very fresh. Everything was very good. That is where the good news stops. Yeah. You said it was romaine lettuce? It was a romaine lettuce, yes. And a wedge? Yeah, romaine lettuce doesn't come in a wedge. Well, it's it, it was. Uh, I'm sorry, not a wedge. It was uh, it was the shark's romaine salad. So it's they had the lettuce separate. I'm sorry. And then I they had the mean. elements around it. Okay. There's a picture of it. I'm going to put up on the site with this in the blog. Um, both salmon fillets were dry and fishy. I am convinced that these were frozen. Really? Um, yes. Yes, SeaWorld was not serving fresh fish. Oh, my gosh. Um, and as a matter of fact, when we ate later on in the week at Pasta More over at City Walk, um, uh, Carl, my nephew, had a salmon there that he said was light years better hmm. than what he was served at SeaWorld. So I thought, okay, wow. Oh, you can tell the difference between frozen yeah. and fresh. Yeah. Easy it on was, this was tremendous. I well, had it the second time. Yeah. The, well, the, well, the way that Melanie and Carl were describing it, I don't eat fish, but the way they were describing it with the texture and the taste led me to believe that, I mean, first of all, when fish is fishy, it's not fresh. It's not fresh. And if its texture is kind of mushy, then chances are strong it has been frozen, yeah. thawed out, and cooked, which should not ever be the case in a restaurant that's going to charge $25 for that, right. for a salmon fillet, especially for an eight-ounce salmon fillet. Especially when you got the supply right there. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Reach into the tank and pull out a salmon. Exactly. If the fish is swimming in front of you, what's served on the plate should be fresh. Well, Walter's uh, chicken pasta Alfredo, he described as unremarkable. The pasta was cooked well, but it lacked flavor in both the chicken and the Alfredo sauce. Have you been to Pozzoli's? Mm-mm. The fast food Italian? Fast food Italian. Mm-hmm. This what I would have expected to get at Fazoli's. Wow. That's not good. Like somebody then, cooked it at home and threw it on the table. Kind of. now, no, it has flavor when you cook it at home. Yeah. That's true. Uh, then we come to my filet mignon. Okay, now the, the the one thing that stopped me from getting the filet was when they said jerk spice. But Pete's going to get let into me, that. Let me get into it. Um, now, I'm... You know, I'm I'm a pretty good I'm a pretty good judge of steak. Um, I eat in a lot of steakhouses, a lot of good steakhouses. I know a good steak when I'm served one, and I know that if you're going to charge twenty nine dollars for uh, an eight ounce filet mignon, that you are now telling me by that price that this piece of meat is now in that category. Um, I have paid more for a filet mignon, um, but I've also paid less for much better. Uh, I cannot could not for the life of me figure out how this piece of meat was cooked 
The color and texture, when I cut into it, it was gray. Not overcooked <laughs> How gray. did you order it? I ordered it medium. Boiled. I ordered it medium. <laughs> that is exactly what. Wow. This looked like it had been pot roasted. It looked like it had been pot roasted. It said grilled on the menu, right? It says grilled on the menu. Um, it suddenly became very, very clear to me why they cover this steak with jerk seasoning and a melted Gouda. It is to do everything possible to distract from the fact that I don't think it was meat. <laughs> um, it was absolutely the oh, taste, texture, flavor, everything was just... I think that the, the warning sign was that they took a filet mignon and put jerk seasoning and cheese That's on what top of I it. was exactly. Where do you hide meat? Exactly. No one puts isn't jerk the, on, on steak. Is it, well, isn't the idea with a filet mignon that it's the, the premium cut? Right, you it's know? the meat you want to taste. So you cut into this meat. The outside was was looked like it was grilled. Well, the out, the entire outside of the steak is covered in the gouda cheese. Now, the only way I got away with really getting a sense of the flavor of this is that ever since I got uh, I was diagnosed as diabetic, I have been asking for any sauces to be on the side. I don't want it on. I want to be able to control if I'm going to have any at all exactly how much is there. Had I let them put this jerk seasoning on, I would never have been able to tell what this steak actually tasted like. And, I mean, I would have known it was a substandard piece of beef. But the fact of the matter is, you know, a good, a, a, a good sauce, the purpose of a sauce on any meat dish is not to cover the flavor. It's to enhance it when it's done correctly. Um, this was absolutely clearly, they knew what they were doing. This was intentional. This wasn't a screw up in the kitchen. No chef worth his weight would put all this stuff onto a piece of steak unless he knew that piece of steak was no good. And no chef worth his weight would ever send a steak like that out of his kitchen. Now, when I'm doing things like, if I know I'm reviewing, I'm going to review it for the site, if I'm going to write a blog about it or do it on the show, I have a standard rule. I don't send things back. I will comment that it's not very good, but I don't send anything back. Now, our, our waiter, Rushy, Miss, Rushy McRusherson, Rusherson, uh, came back to the table not once, not twice, but three times to see how we were doing. This in the course of about 20 minutes. Almost like, are you done yet? Are you yeah. done yet? Are you done yet? I was ready to beat this guy to within an inch of his life. Really and truly. It's like, and I didn't, I've, I've really, you'd be so proud of me. I've really gotten so good at holding my tongue and trying not to be an unmitigated I can't use the word I want to use but I'm trying not to I'm trying to stop that so <clears throat> we just kind of ignored him by the end we were just ignoring this guy um, and I'm, I'm thinking about you know as I'm thinking about what they're serving I'm like you know I should really probably say something and then it dawned on me oh I'm going to say something I'm just going to say it in front of a lot of people now you know where them mm -hmm. Clydesdales went. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the other Aww. thing. Those Clydesdales are gone, and I tell you, the horses that are in there now are not happy. Don't go. They're depressed. I mean, those horses are a little Those are depressing depressed. horses. You know what animals um, aren't happy and their ears bend back? I was thinking maybe this was like a species of horse because they are all, all the way back, and it's oh like gosh. these are the yeah, most unhappy horses I've depressed. ever seen in my life. But now getting back to, oh, getting back to our dinner, um, uh, Walter and Melanie. Uh, both decided to order some dessert. And the desserts were a bit better. 
Yes. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, a caged white chocolate mousse, a white chocolate mousse with a vanilla sauce, mango swirl, and fresh strawberries for seven dollars. That's what Melanie had. Caged. That's, really? That's where. Yeah, that's how caged Wild white chocolate caged. mousse. I don't, Did it have a big chocolate thing that could have? Been, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think there so. was like a, a chocolate cage around it or something. <laughs> Sounds okay. good. Um, <laughs> And uh, I'm Mel- sure if you said caged or caged, I'm sorry, I got no caged. That. And then uh, the Walter split with my nephew a heavenly delight, sun and moon, a chocolate mousse and a chocolate cake covered with chocolate ganache, served with vanilla sauce and mandarin oranges for six dollars. Oh, they throw the orange. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, John likes mandarin oranges and everything. And, <laughs> and and the desserts got good good reviews. You liked your dessert. Uh, Carl liked it as well. Yeah. Melanie liked hers. And I will say that the strawberries on Melanie's, that's all I tried, were incredibly fresh. They were really nice, yes. Now, if Shark's Underwater Grill was a pastry restaurant, it would be a smash. But I know that theme park restaurants generally take advantage of the fact that they have a captive audience. But in my opinion, Sharks Underwater Grill redefines bad theme park food, and I didn't think that was possible. Mm. I thought I had tasted the worst of the worst, and then we ate here. It was just obvious. Okay, you're paying to look at the sharks. That's what How you're paying for. How were the other for. people uh, People around you? Were they seemed to be enjoying we, we were in a We were in a, a, we were one of those semicircular booths, so we were very isolated. We weren't yeah. really near... Okay. A um, shark cul-de-sac. <laughs> they don't let the patrons talk to each other. I, I, I cannot stress this enough. If you are in SeaWorld and you are thinking about dinner, go to one of the counter service restaurants. And, and believe me, I'll be honest with you, the food at SeaWorld has gone downhill over the years. The counter service restaurants are not anything to write home about. But at least, I can't use the expression I want to use, um, at least you're not getting dry screwed uh, out of, you know, what ended up being, with the tip, a $200 meal for four people. Okay? There's a lot of great restaurants right on International Drive, if you're driving over to SeaWorld. International Drive has some great restaurants. You're not going to pay this. You're not going to pay $50 a person. Yeah, that one we ate in that night was really good. I don't remember what it was. On international with you. And oh, uh, Bahama Breeze. Yeah, Bahama Breeze. Oh, yeah, that oh, that's, we I love, love Bahama, Bahama Breeze. Breeze. That's one of our favorites, that was actually. Really good. SeaWorld used to have very good food. I was just going to say SeaWorld the, was one time was known no, as down. having the best park food. They, and, and I always, I always said that. I always said that they had the best theme park, uh, at least the uh, fast fast food. So uh, counter really? service food. See, I've never been happy with lately. Food. Lately, it has definitely gone. I'd say in the last three, four years. Okay, I'd say in the last really two years started, I've been here. I just it has really started to go downhill. Since Blackwater bought it, um, yeah, really. The only, uh, <laughs> well, the I mean, you know, we had a uh, we stopped in for lunch uh, in one of the restaurants and got a uh, I got a, a sandwich, which was good. I mean, it was a decent sandwich. Although when we asked for nutritional information, um, the guy brings out. The the ham. He brings out a turkey. Oh, a turkey. I mean, like the turkey breast, how it's still wrapped up. And he's sitting there saying, okay, this is how many carbohydrates. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he brought out the This is how much sodium. Yes. Yes. Like in a grocery store? Yeah. Yes. Hunk of meat with yeah. the stuff on yep. the wow. And that's what we reviewed. Yep. yep. 
that's what the nutritional information <laughs> was. Yeah, funny. when I asked for the nutritional information on the. Uh, you went to the freezer and came yeah, you know, so The lettuce isn't labeled. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, if I, if, you know, when I, but when I was in Disney having lunch at, uh, uh, forgot where it was, but it was one of the counter service restaurants and I asked for nutritional information. She pulled out a book right. for, with nutritional information on every single dish on that menu. That's the responsible thing to do. Um, and I'm surprised that any major theme park in this day and age doesn't offer that, and SeaWorld does not. But the point, the moral of the story here, folks, if you find yourself in SeaWorld, do not, under any circumstances, spend your money or your time in Sharks Underwater Grill. It is, I, I officially dub this, the worst theme park restaurant in America. Okay. The worst wow. theme park restaurant in America mm. that I can, I'm telling you, I'm sure there's some other bad ones out there. I don't think anything holds a candle to this. The service was uninspired. The food was downright disgusting. The chef should be brought out back and shot. And turned into steak. And the food and beverage <laughs> manager, the food and, I think that's what happened to the previous chef. I think that's probably <laughs> what I was eating. Um, I think the food and beverage manager at SeaWorld needs to have a good talking to um, because you're doing a lousy job. If you're listening to this, you're doing a lousy job. Your fast food stinks, and that restaurant, that, you, that, that thing you try and pass off as a restaurant, you are perpetrating a fraud, charging people that kind of money for that garbage, and you know you're serving garbage. You know you're serving garbage. It takes just as long to cook bad food as it does to cook good mm -hmm. food. And it just, you know, and, and shame on the chef for letting it go out of his kitchen. He's not a chef. He's a cook. Whoever's preparing that food is, cannot be called a chef. He's a cook. He might as well be working at a diner in, on the New Jersey Turnpike for the quality of the food he was letting come out. As a matter of fact, food in the Jersey Turnpike is probably better mm -hmm. than what like he was serving. Yeah, I, I was just going to so, say, on the Jersey Turnpike, you can get a Nathan's hot dog. So I hope there was no ambiguity uh, in my review. <laughs> Did you like it? So... You that's really, a, you that's really have me. to stop candy coating stuff. You really. Well, they they they, they love my rants, so I give them a rant. This is just aimed at SeaWorld. Okay, thank you, Pete. Thanks everyone for a great show. That'll do it for this week's show. Have a great week. We'll be back next Wednesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Stay out of the damn lakes. There you go. Walter didn't have his own exit.